Blog Talk Radio.
like their uh, motto. The motto, yes. Right. And now, uh, like, did they help uh, Civil War soldiers get pensions and, and get government benefits? They have government benefits back then, like the American Legion or the BFW of today. That's right, and it was incredibly important. And it was especially important for the African American veterans because uh, even though they were now no longer uh, enslaved people because of the war, because of winning the war, there were still, as you know, lots of problems of integrating everyone back into the society. And this uh, really helped, this uh, this veterans organization did help them get their pensions. Now, uh, uh, this hall is in Chestertown, Maryland. And, and where is that, uh, say, in relation to Baltimore? Everybody may not know where Chestertown is. Okay. <laughs> Joelle, do you want to explain that a little bit? Well, um, Chestertown is about two hours east of Baltimore on um, on the eastern shore of Maryland, and it lies right on the water in Kent County. If that gives anybody any help at all. Yeah, that, that tells me where it is, and I'm sure it tells most everybody that has any sense right. uh, of the east coast where that the, is. The, east, well, the eastern the east shore, shore is I, a very special place. It's actually sometimes called yeah. the Delmarva Peninsula because it's got the whole state of Delaware. It's got a little bit of... Uh, Maryland, that's the Mar part, and it has a tiny bit of Virginia, the okay. Del Marva. It's a peninsula, right. and it's on the east co- east coast of the Chesapeake Bay. Which, when it was started to be called the Del Marva Peninsula, uh, the Chesapeake Bay was one of the most important bodies of water in the United States. So, uh, it's now uh, more rural and a little bit remote, and uh, we, we're very proud of our beautiful community here. Uh, the name of this is the Charles Sumner Post of the Grand Army of the Republic. Uh, uh, tell, tell the listeners a little bit about Charles Sumner. He was a very famous uh, person in the Civil War. That's right. Uh, he was a senator, a United States senator from Massachusetts, and he was um, an advocate of civil rights, and especially civil rights for the, uh, at the time, enslaved when he started being a, a senator. Until he uh, until he died, he was always advocating for uh, the rights of African Americans, abolitionists. And he um, one of the famous episodes is that he was confronted for one of his stronger worded policies to give uh, African Americans uh, their their rights. He was uh, confronted by a senator from South Carolina and beaten with a cane. He was beaten so badly that his injuries uh, stayed with him the rest of his life, and he was it, he took years to even recover from it. But he still maintained his position as an advocate for civil rights, and he is quite uh, revered among the people who still feel strongly about all those issues. So this particular post was named after him. You know, out here in the in the West, shall we say? I, I know we're not in California, but but you guys were probably out west and along in Missouri and Kansas. And and I live and I, I uh, work right along the Kansas Missouri border. I, I read up a little bit on Charles Sumner, and he was uh, uh, arguing about uh, whether Kansas could be a slave or a free state, and he and he wanted to make it a free state or actually a territory at the time, and then become a a uh, free state and, and 
that that enraged uh, people so much, the, the Southerners so much, that they the one man just beat him almost to death. But uh, it was particular interest to uh, to us out west here, uh, Mr. Sumner. Right, because of uh, yeah the episode about Kansas, and um, to imagine it today, it was on the floor of the Senate, so it was it, it pretty much indicates how completely. Uh, how much turmoil there was at that time over this issue. Uh, we, we talk about incivility and politics today as nothing compared <laughs> to what it was like in, uh, uh, just before the Civil War. That would have been a, a really good example of it, of the disconnect. Really? Well, now, uh, this building, what, what, what is the history of this? Uh, now, what did uh, – it was a social center of, uh, of the uh, – African American community in in Chestertown, and and uh, was there a large uh, uh, number of, uh, of of African American men who fought uh, out of uh, Kent County? Yes, there were quite a few. Uh, we understand that there were close to four hundred. Uh, there were close to four hundred African Americans who left Kent County to serve in the Civil War. They were. Um, able to do this after the Emancipation Proclamation was declared and were able to uh, join forces with other existing militias or uh, there were some that were created just especially for them. Uh, so 400 out of our very small community would have been quite a few. Uh, many of them were killed or injured in the in the battles. One of the famous battles that some of them fought in were the famous, um, and in fact, in our cemetery here in Little Kent County, uh, one of the members who had fought for the Math- in the Massachusetts 54th, which right. was made famous by the movie Glory, yeah. and which um, which happened in South Carolina. So those battles uh, were <clears throat> were fought by these really brave soldiers. As I said, 400 of them left Kent County, right. and uh, some of them came back. Yeah, uh, kind of a, a historical perspective on this. Maryland was a slave state, but was in the Union, correct? Yes, they call it a border state. And um, can you explain it more, Joelle? Yeah, it was a border state in that it wasn't in the Union, nor was it on the Confederate side. Um, and that so it did have slavery, but it also had a very large free black population, um, which continued to grow even as the war was going on. Yeah, I, I believe Harriet Tubman went down in uh, when she uh, active down into Maryland and, and taking people up to Williamsdale in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's correct. Um, Chestertown. We were just trying to de- to describe where it was. Well, one of the great famous things that it is close to. It's just two counties down is Dorchester County, and that is where um, Harry Tubman was uh, was born and raised, and okay. where he she led her people to freedom up through the Underground Railroad up into uh, Philadelphia, and just one county away is uh, Talbot County, where Frederick Douglass was born and raised. That's what I thought. He was from Maryland. So, mm-hmm. so we have to... we're very close to a tremendous amount. Of history, and what we want to do with this building is feature everything we can about that particular history. We also want to try to feature things that are closer to our own day and age, which includes um, 
some of the uh, struggles for civil rights. Uh, we're going to try to have museum displays and have speakers and have uh, the ability for people to come and do research right here in this uh, in this area, which is just a wealth of uh, information and and historic uh, events and places and people. Now, uh, and, and Joel may may be able to help you with this. There's a lot of of, of red tape, shall we say, uh, and research and, and uh, care that has to go into preserving a historic building. Now, is this building uh, on the National Register of Historic Places now? Yes, yes, it is. Okay, and and, and so to preserve it. What 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 kind of I, I understand it takes a lot of money and and because you have to to there's certain rules about preserving a building on the National Register of Historic Places you can't just slap up some siding and and throw in some new plumbing can you speak <laughs> to that a little bit Yes, Joy, all you want me to or you want to talk about it? No, you can go ahead. Okay, um, I will say that uh, about ten years ago. It was in total disrepair. It could easily have just crumbled before our very eyes. And a group of preservationists connected to Washington College were able to spot and remember and do the research that uh, identified it as uh, this incredibly significant place. Uh, There are some pictures, I believe, on the website I wanted to be able to tell your listeners, and I know that on on your uh, website some of these pictures are posted, but if anyone wants more information, it's kentcountyartscouncil.org, and that will give you an example of uh, what the place looked like. So it was just about to fall down. It would have just been um, uh, complete, completely vanished in our little town had uh, a group of people not stepped in and saved it. They were able to preserve it um, and to, up to a certain point. And at this point now, because we expect to have um, a national museum and a national center that people from all around the United States and indeed the world can come and, and understand the story, well, if you have that, you need to have everything uh, completely uh, restored the way it was before, with the colors analyzed and archaeology uh, has been has actually already taken place uh, studies, and um, then in in addition to fixing it up the way it was, now we have to look at the new handicap access, the ADA um, rules and regulations, so that uh, everyone. We'll, we'll be able to be welcome and be able to access the building. So those things uh, in the last, I guess, 30, 40 years have changed the um, and added to the expense and and, uh, and effort to make this into something that everyone can enjoy. Now, now what did you find the, the nice photos you have of, uh, of the building that you have on your website? Um, the... The collection the of, of historic pictures were essentially, I got them from the library and, and okay. other public domain places. Uh, the pictures of the of the history were gathered um, as the first 
steps of rent of the preservation took took place, and the um, also some historic. You know, we've we've been doing some oral histories of people who remember life and the times there in the uh, in the building. Oh, and there's some be. great stories too, because the place after it was a Civil War veterans hall, it then became a social hall, and I think that a lot of people have heard the story. But Ella Fitzgerald performed there, along with Chick Webb. They took a steamboat over from Baltimore up the Chester River and played there, and just recently we heard a wonderful story. Um, Miss uh, Miss Fletcher had remembered that the Sweethearts of Rhythm had arrived on a big bus. They were an all-girl big band, uh, originally out of an uh, orphanage in Piney, Piney Woods, Mississippi, that then became a world-renowned uh uh, performers and they uh, this memoir of remembering the bus driving up and like this whole huge big band coming and mm-hmm. going into the building and ready to perform. So we have those uh, lovely stories that we want to emphasize and celebrate. Now, w- when you pick this up uh, uh, and you've got these old photos, can uh, you you're gonna tr- are you gonna try to replicate what the original building looked like? Yes, yes. So we could have, you describe some of those, what the building looked like from those photos? Okay. Uh, uh, somebody, they, they may not have the Internet or they may, you know, they right. might hear what, what it did okay. look like. Well, the, the building is a modest building. It's uh, two stories. Um, I, if you ask me the number of square feet, I don't think I would be able to just say what that, that was. But um, it's probably about... 40 by 20 feet inside, one great big open room, and then upstairs another big open room with a stage. Uh, Originally was painted with red, white, and blue as the patriotic colors. Uh, We will be restoring the original colors. Uh, We will be restoring the original stage, once again, where Ella Fitzgerald performed. And um, it will serve as a museum with displays Downstairs and then upstairs, it will be like a little theater or a meeting place and a small performance venue. Okay, now uh, you got pictures of soldiers. Where did, where did you find those pictures of, of black soldiers? Were they pictures that uh, uh, they like when they meet and when they wear their uniforms and, and get their picture taken? Uh, well, I front? we we weren't able to find uh, many pictures of the um, the group that actually used the building. Uh, the ones that I have on the on uh, on the web page uh, were in the public domain in the library. They were oh, okay. just pictures of somebody else. Black black soldiers, African American soldiers, probably from right county. Okay. Uh, what about the the names of the the people? Are any of their uh, families still around? Their uh, ancestors still live in that area? That were some of the original uh, uh, people that that put that together. Yes, we're thrilled. We're thrilled to be able to share the stories with uh, the descendants of the the uh, returning soldiers. I would say that we've been able to locate at least, um, you know, fifty percent of some descendants of the soldiers. So, it's it's very uh, very very important to the the local community as well as the national community. 
And one well, of them is actually one of my ancestors as well. So there's a personal oh, connection here as well. Joyelle, one of your ancestors? I have a relative who served in the Civil War from Kent County, John F. Butler. Okay. Um, who was also a member of the Grand Army of the Republic. And, so there uh, you have an eyewitness. <laughs> right. That's, that's, that's kind of what I was looking for. And, yeah. Uh, and so are there any, uh, Joel, are there any stories that, that were passed down in your family about, you know, what he did or uh, any uh, 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 where he served and what battles he was in? Was he was he down there with that, uh, I can't think of the name of that battle in South Carolina. The, Fort uh, Wagner. Fort Wagner. Was he in that battle? Do you have any stories about that, Joel? I don't have stories at the moment. I just found out recently that he was even in the war. So it's been a, a well-kept secret within the family. I do have more information about when he returned and settled in Butlertown. However, I don't have much on his participation in the war. I just know that he was a member of of the U.S. Colored Troops as well as the Grand Army of the Republic Hall. So this is one of the things we hope to do in the hall is to encourage people to do research. We will uh, be able to access the, the, the uh, National Archive uh, records and and we're continuing always to try to gather oral histories. Now, now Joy, you uh, you grew up there, I guess, in the uh, in that area. And uh, are there other fam- fam- families around who are descendants of of uh, these original African American soldiers? Yeah, my know father's each other? side is. I did not actually grow up in Kent County because my dad was in the military himself. Oh, okay. So I guess it runs in the family. Yeah. So I grew up around the world, but my roots are still there. My father grew up there, and so I've learned through his side um, more about my history. Um, and in doing so, I found out about John F. Butler. So, yeah, there's definitely a family connection there, and I have lots of family all over the county. You know, there, there are a lot. There are some public records, and the, the National Archives have some uh, pension records and, and uh, things like that of those troops. Have you ever uh, thought about, or do you know anybody that, that's gone back and researched the the history of those troops out of Kent County. That's really amazing to have 400 troops out of a small area. I think. Yes, we we uh, we do have people who uh, have done some of the research, and uh, it's 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 waiting to be displayed, and and it's waiting for our beautiful building to have people come and just understand all of their history. Yeah, that's uh, that's important. It'll be nice to have a a central location for uh, people to come and know that that that's what that's all about. Maybe you can uh, uh, get hooked up with uh, that ancestry. dot com has so many records that uh, uh, that uh, maybe you can have a, a a connection to them or to the National Archives that people can come in and research right there. Now. Uh, in regards to the bringing it on into the modern day, we, we talked a little bit the other day, and, and it was part of a kind of a, a traveling circuit of, of entertainers that, that were uh, would go to primarily African-American communities and entertain, and it was a regular stop for, for all the big people like Ella Fitzgerald and... and uh, uh, that group you, that other group you named, I've already forgotten. Oh, the Sweethearts of Rhythm. Uh huh. They were actually um, part of the Chitlin Circuit, as it was referred to as. Um, I guess the route that uh, performers of color would be able to actually go and perform. And so, at this particular building, as Leslie said, there was the Sweethearts of Rhythm. There was Chuck Webb. There was Ella Fitzgerald, and. Um, 
outside of this building, there was even, James Brown even came to Kent County to perform um, at another location. Um, but they were all a part of the Shetland circuit and traveled around the country performing. Okay, what what is the uh, as you talk around the community? What is what is the reaction from people as they uh, you're you're probably stirring up people to think back to their uh, uh, memories of their ancestors who fought you know on with the Union troops and and that some maybe that they haven't thought of it for years and like you said, Joy, you didn't even know about it. Uh, for a long time, and, and and so what? What's your reaction when you find out that the these men and other maybe people in the community? What's their reaction being a, uh, as they find out more about the stories of of their ancestors and and what they did during the war? Because so many men will fight in the war and come home and just never say another word about it, but yet right. people are afraid. They're they're afraid of. Them. I mean, they're proud of them and and they want to know about that. What's what's been the reaction of people and your own reaction, Joy? Um, from my personal experience, um, from finding out myself as well as from talking with people, it's been a very positive response. It's eye-opening. It gives people a chance to, like you said, go back and think about that time of history that they didn't even know they had a connection to directly. Um, and so it, just like whenever you find out anything about your family, it's very exciting. It's new. Um, sometimes it can be painful if you find out some stories that aren't you know, the best or right. you know, the brightest. But from just talking with people, it's been, I received a lot of positive responses and just even about the building, they didn't even know that it existed. Um, so even finding out that the building is still standing and it hasn't been demolished or anything like really? that, it's also very exciting. Are so there, there it's any, been great. Yeah, is there any specific examples of, of stories that, that you've heard or that other people have shared about their ancestors that they're particularly proud of, that they know they've learned something about that, or, or any story that they're particularly caused a lot of pain that you can recount for our, our listeners? Um, just from talking with them and beginning with the Civil War veterans, um, a lot of the stories that I've heard um, occur later on during Reconstruction and um, the Jim Crow Civil Rights era, and one person who comes to mind is Armand Fletcher, who is a community member as well, and he's always talking about the businesses that were owned um, in Kent County and how he had family connections to not only the JAR building, but also to the people who owned those businesses in downtown, and unfortunately, those businesses are no longer in existence, and I mean, that's hard to hear. It's also surprising, especially for me. Um, a young adult, to hear about all these businesses that were owned by people of color now that they're no longer there. So right, talking with him about what had happened after, you know, these veterans had returned and what some of them had started to build as, like, reputations for themselves and then to hear that it no longer exists, it, it's heartbreaking, even for me, who um, doesn't have a direct descendant to people who own these businesses, but the fact that they were Kent County community members is also a little heartbreaking, you know. So this was uh, 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 a this area was primarily African American and and uh, has it changed any over the years? Is it is it still primarily Afri- African American community around? Well, the where coast? the where the GAR building is located, it used to be known as Scotts Point, and that was a predominantly uh, black neighborhood. But King County itself is not a predominantly black okay. area, and now, it, now that and neighborhood it itself. 
did were there like uh, a particularly like a well-known black doctor, uh, a couple of black lawyers, a, a black pharmacist, uh, black professionals, as well as uh, uh, other people like a clothing store that was like the center of the community there. I'm sure that there were. As far as from my research I've, that I've been able to delve up, the GAR building was the center of the community. It was really the community center for Scott's Point as well as other um, areas in Kent County. Like, this was the focal point for them. This, they turned to the people who ran the building for support, for entertainment, for social interaction, for even for, for some political um, issues and things of that sort. So the Grand Army of the Republic building was really the center of this area, and we're trying to restore it so that it becomes that again, the way it was before. Now, have you uh, have you gone to uh, use libraries and, and uh, tell tell us a little bit about your research techniques? Well, so most of my research has been done through Washington College, as well as um, going through some of the resources that Leslie has been collecting with other community members over the years, and just going and going through and seeing um, the list of some of the soldiers, the articles that were written during that time, um, and also listening to people who actually know those stories because I guarantee that most of the stories that are still out there we don't know of because they're just passed down as oral stories. So we're trying to just get in connection with people who may know someone who may know someone else who has a story that needs to be heard and documented and put those down. So. I think you were, Leslie, once that you were doing some oral histories or recording some oral histories from, from a neighborhood. Yes, yes, we're working on that. So we have some, um, uh, some actually, uh, professional oral historians, and we also have uh, 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 an ability with a, a little radio station here in our county that once we get the, the stories, sometimes we're able to create some little radio shows that, that are broadcast out, oh, but we plan to have a, a you know to just expand our archives. So anybody who would be interested in a collecting or b listening, uh, we're it, it's it's an ongoing project. We work closely with the uh, Kent County Historical Society, which uh, also has that as a goal. We work with uh, several other groups who are also trying to really we're all trying to pull together. It's a it's a big community effort with different organizations who all seem to think this is a great idea. Yeah, it sounds like you're building a lot of interest in the community and, and getting everybody on board with this thing and and, and searching out their family histories. Um, uh, how how have you seen this interest? Uh, you know, people coming, volunteering, uh, working, uh, and then how do you get the word out about that? Well. We have um, we have good old social media, such as we're experiencing right this minute, Gary. Yeah. It's, uh, we're very, you very. Uh, there's nothing like uh, getting a, the word out. It's much more page. easy than it used to be. You have a Facebook page for the uh, the hall. Yes, yet? we have. Uh, the best thing I'd like to tell everyone is like I think I mentioned before, but the the website. It's the Kent County Arts Council. I'm the director of that, and because I've been working with people in various aspects of the community, um, it just seemed like the arts the arts can pull people together. Uh, it, it's almost a stronger draw than, than anything else. I think people love the arts. People are proud of the, their artistic 
achievements, and the arts reflect the community. They, it reflect, they reflect cultures. So by using that as a centerpiece, we've been able to pull from lots and lots of different organizations and different people and different things. So getting the word out uh, with the Arts Council webpage and then the, there's a Facebook page, uh, we're also working right now with Washington College. We forgot to really mention that Washington College is uh, is, is a big presence in our little community. Joyelle is, is a recent graduate, and I graduated many decades ago. So we <clears throat> we we take advantage of this lovely campus and uh, a wonderful resource for doing all kinds of research. Are there any, um, is there any interest in, in writing a book about uh, the, the activities around there, or the reconstruction effort, or uh, any, uh, any anybody doing a film about it or anything like that? We haven't had that yet. Joyelle, what do you think? You wanted to be the one that writes the book? <laughs> Absolutely. I'd be glad to. <laughs> well, it, it's a pretty interesting story. And then, uh, Leslie, like, what, what was your interest in it? Do you have a family interest in it or... Uh, personal interest in in this project? Well, I do have a personal interest in it, and I think it's because I'm a a devotee of history. I understand the power of uh, knowing uh, knowing one's own history. And um, as I said, as far as the arts go, there's nothing like the fabulous... uh, We have visual artists, gospel uh, musicians... Uh, jazz musicians here uh, that reflect the African American community that uh, are are greatly admired, and I'm I'm the biggest fan. So I would say that that's the thing that really got me, drew me in in the first place. And now we're really working hard to make this building become a reality. So uh, what's your vision of it over over the next ten years, for example? Where do, where do you want to be five years from now, and then ten years from now with this building? <laughs> Well, I would like it to uh, to be a, uh, we would like to finish restoring it. As I said, at this point, we're calling it a cold, dark shell because it has been restored so that it's not going to fall down. But now we need to create the museum and the performance space inside and put the ADA uh, access, um, landscape it, make it, make it, um, presentable and suitable for um, visitors. I would like to see it become a research center for anyone interested in African-American history, uh, both the regional history, as we already mentioned, so rich with the Underground Railway close by, the Harriet Tubman, Frederick Douglass uh, history and stories, and and many other yeah, stories that, that aren't. That, that's great, well, Joelle. Would you have a, any any different view of uh, uh, anything you'd like to add to what you'd like to see there five years, ten years from now? I would just like to be able to walk down a street in Chestertown, ask someone about the Grand Army of the Republic building, and have them know what I'm talking about. I would really <laughs> like just for the building to become more of the focal point that it was before because it has so much to offer. And like Leslie said, we're working to reconstruct it because that is the most important thing right now. And once it is a museum and an entertainment space, I really like for everyone to utilize it so that they are not only aware of the history but also the fact of how it's working now um, as a contemporary building and how it's working for them. So I really like everyone 
in Kent County and the surrounding counties to form an attachment with it, whether they have family who were Civil War veterans or not, just for the community to become one with the building. That's what I would like now, to say. Now, where, where have you been getting help from? Uh, individ, uh, name off, I, I know you, you've got individuals on your web page. You can download a pledge seat, sheet and uh, donate or donate through PayPal, it looks like. Where else have you been getting uh, money from to do this? I know this is a very expensive project. We have just been re- the recipient of a, a wonderful grant from. Um, um, it, it's called the Maryland the, Department of Housing and Community Development Legacy yes. Program. The Legacy Program, um, and that uh, that was a, a generous grant. And one of the things we need to do now is raise enough money to match the grant. Of course, when you uh, do win a grant, you then you have to work hard to get the the match from private sources. Uh, we've had generous members of the community. We have um, uh, a, a couple of other private foundation grants that we've applied for, and we're hoping to to be able to use those as the match. Now, you say uh, uh, generous donations from the community. Now, is that just from the African-American community, or is this a, a joint effort between the white community and the African-American community in, in that area? I'd say that it was definitely a joint effort, yes. So a little okay. different, and uh, relationships are a little different today than they were when they first built the uh, uh, Grand Army of the Republic building uh, for African-American troops only. Found I'm, right. I'm afraid that at, uh, when that was built in uh, 1908, there were uh, many of the Jim Crow laws were uh, still in existence, and... Um, that's gradually going away. I guess everyone would say that you know they haven't completely gone away, and there's there's still some issues. But uh, in our community, it seems that there's a lot of strength in the integration of of uh, both black and white. Well, Joelle, what would you say about that? I would agree because I think people in King County realize that. United we stand, divided we fall type of a thing. And although we can't change history, we can learn from it. And I think everyone really does want to learn from it. Um, There's just so much about the building itself and the people who built it and the people who used it. There's just so much rich history and heritage there that I think everyone is just on board, no matter what color they are. That uh, 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 I understand that on the Guest of Freedom website, she has a uh, photo of an integrated Grand Army of the Republic post. And so I guess they weren't all segregated. Some of them were integrated. Uh, it's true. Um, the Overall, the throughout the throughout the United States, the organization as a whole accepted both black and white. Most of the times, each post had had its own identity, but not always. Off, uh, at some point, that, that a, a different post might be black and white. Yeah, well, that's you, interesting. Uh, men that go through uh, like war together like that, probably some of those barriers were, were broken down for some of them. There are lots and lots of things that can be read that... Uh, our eyewitness accounts for exactly that, how there was a tenuous or a, a, a disconnect, and then once in battle, it was proven that uh, the Af- African-Americans were 
you know, fierce fighters and incredibly wonderful soldiers. Right. That, that's what we found out here along the western mm-hmm. frontier with, with yeah. uh, our black troops. They were. They turned out. They were. Uh, uh, the white troops wouldn't e- wouldn't even fight with them or didn't want to have anything to do with them until the first battle, and then all of a sudden it was okay, and then they started fighting side by side, basically, or unit by unit. They're still segregated by units. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this uh, uh, this legacy of uh, you know the the Civil War and the Grand Army of the Republic and and uh, African Americans fighting for the country is just. Uh, it's really been uh, uh, an interesting journey, I think, for you guys, and you've done a lot for the community in that area. And, and uh, I, I know all the listeners out there, and myself, I I, I, uh, I salute you for doing this. It, uh, well, we want you to come now, come all the way from Kansas to Chestertown. I have some relatives in Boston. <laughs> That's not too far away, and we're talking about going there probably next fall. Maybe I can. <laughs> They can slip down to uh, the eastern shore, as you call it, and uh, and see this. It, it is interesting. Hi, I want to thank on. everyone um, for uh, coming in and talking and joining us. Can you hear uh, me, guys? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Um, I just want to make this point that uh, I think the GAR is a great place, and I think that we should make sure that um, these institutions are celebrated. Um, uh, integration should be taught and included in our history books. Um, I think it's, it's left out, and it's left out intentionally. So I appreciate you um, bringing it up and uh, mentioning it, and uh, I thank you, Joy, for being part of the show, and uh, you too, Leslie and Gary. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much. Okay. Right. Have a great night. Have a good evening. You too. Good night.